play. It looks like barring a penalty. Prescott over the middle of the circuit. Gets smoked right away. And that'll do it. The 49ers back to the championship game. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. We'll talk Bucks tomorrow. We'll do the NBA Lounge to begin the show. We'll talk a little bit about the Bucks. They play the Nuggets tonight. We'll talk about the Badgers. They have a must win. Sorry to bury the lead. I, I'll just say right from the top, must win tonight for the Badgers. We'll talk about that tomorrow. They're at Maryland. Uh, sh- short travel time because, you know, the rich kids from Northwestern needed all their games moved. We'll talk about all that tomorrow. I want to do a lot of Packers stuff tonight. But before we get into the Packers, I just want to say something. PSA, little announcement, a complaint, a rant, whatever you want to call it. If I see one more Bucks fan comment on the playing time of Jordan Wara and, and try to make a connection to, oh, he's playing because they're trying to trade him or they're sitting him because they're trying to trade him, Jordan Wara stinks. Are, are the Bucks the only team in the league that has that information? Does, does no other executive in the National Basketball Association own a television? Anytime Jordan Wara plays a lot, God, Bucks fans. It's like, well, they're, they're probably trying to showcase him for a trade. Yeah, and when I get ready to sell my 2002 Toyota Avalon, you know what I'm going to do to showcase it? Slug a bunch of beers and get in my car. That would make a lot of sense, wouldn't it? Grant, what are you doing? Oh, I just want to showcase my car for trade value. Yeah, because the way Jordan Morris value goes up is to play him. I swear to God, I spent way too long today on Twitter fighting with Bucks fans. I got into a back and forth with Paul Henning, who's wanted everyone under the sun. He wants Karis LeVert. He wants Bradley Beal. Every Bucks fan has had a hard-on for Jay Crowder from day one of this season. Can everyone calm down? Can everyone calm down? Calm down on the Bucks. It's January 25th. This fan base is not cut out to be a contending fan base. You've watched too many losing seasons, and your mind is just not cut out for this. Mine is, and I will show you the way. I will help you, but you need to listen to my help. Step one, stop trying to connect Jordan Moore's playing time to anything. Well, they're, they're playing him a lot because they want to showcase him for a trade. Well, that would be a bad idea because Jordan Moore sucks. Well, they're, they're protecting him on the bench to keep him from getting hurt so they can trade him. Jordan Moore is cash in a trade. They take Jordan Moore to make the money work. That's it, okay? That's lesson one of being a contending NBA fan, seeing how it seems this fan base needs it. I'm teaching lessons. Lesson number one is today. There you go. Just wanted to get that off my chest before the show starts. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Tonight we are serving as the two-hour pregame show to the Bill Michaels Huddle, which is coming up at 6 o'clock. Last night we were the pregame to Kenny and Heilprin. Tonight we are the pregame to, to the Bill Michaels Huddle. Looking forward to hopefully hearing Ben Kenny's thoughts tonight on the huddle about his Eagles and where they stand going into this weekend. We're going to hear from Ben at about quarter to six. I said, hey, would you mind jumping on with us for just a couple minutes before we you know, turn you loose into the Bill Michaels hut. And he said, yeah, a couple things I want to talk about with Ben. There's some golf beef. Yeah. So golf fans who are listening, you know, I'm not normally a golf guy, but there's something we need to discuss with possibly the number one ranked golfer in the world. I don't know. We'll see some beef from the last couple of days. So we'll talk about that with Ben as he is the number one golf critic on the Bill Michaels show. We'll talk Badgers basketball and maybe a little Packers and, and maybe try to dig into some of the conversations that Bill and Ben have had throughout the course of the week. So Ben will join us towards the end of the show, right before we turn things over to the Bill Michaels huddle Badgers bucks tonight, a lot to discuss. So I hope we have a good back and forth taking texts, taking calls 608-796-2558. Again, we had a little bit of a, a bug 
let's call it. I'm no programmer. I'm no computer man here. A little bit of a bug in our texting system, which we got fixed. Too sweet. We got, we got it fixed in less than a day, but I, I did lose some of your contacts. So if you text in, even if you text every day, I don't have your name. So just attach your name to whatever you send in today, please and thank you. 608-796-2558. Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Okay. I got a text from a friend yesterday, and I haven't talked to him in a while. I haven't responded yet. I need to answer. Shoot, he texted me yesterday. I'll, I'll do that over during the next commercial break. I had a buddy who texted me, a buddy who lives in Appleton. And I haven't seen him in about a year. He's making small talk. He said, you think they're going to do it? Hey, Grant, it's been a while. Do you think do you think they're going to do it? Do you think the Packers are really going to trade Aaron Rodgers? And I'm sure this has been a topic of plenty of small topic or small talk conversations for you when you're at work or when you see friends. You're at work, you're on the water cooler. You're maybe meeting outside for a smoke. You see a friend at the hot case at Quick Trip. You see him outside pumping gas. They run into everybody at Quick Trip. And you run into a friend and you say, hey, what do you think is going to happen with Aaron Rodgers? Is this guy going to get traded? The Packers going to move him? Is he going to stay in Green Bay? Going to go play for the Jets? Right? Plenty of small talk conversations have started over the last week or two on the future of Aaron Rodgers because when they lost and their season ended, you're like, oh, damned Packers losing to the Lions at home. Another de facto home playoff loss. We moved into the offseason now where we're actually considering and, and hearing things from Schefter, hearing things from Ian Rappaport. We're like, man, this could actually happen. Could Aaron Rodgers actually get traded? Seems possible. No, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to get dealt, and I'm an owner, so I have access to the highest level of information, and I haven't been told anything, but if I'm told, I'll pass it along. I don't know. Rodgers doesn't know because it seems as though Rodgers doesn't know if he wants to come back or not, period. And when he decides that, then the decision is made is, you know, he's come back to the Packers or going somewhere else. And because Rodgers doesn't even know if he's coming back, the Packers don't even know, right? Nobody knows. We're all waiting for Rodgers' decision. Then we're waiting to see what the plan is, the next step. We don't know anything for certain. So it would be dumb to act as if we did. Oh, they'll trade him to the Jets for this. I'm not talking about Corey Davis. I'm not talking about Elijah Mitchell. I'm not talking about compensation. It would be a waste of time. I don't like wasting time on this show. Time is money. Time is valuable. Time is energy, as Aaron Rodgers said about money. We only have two hours a night. I don't want to waste time. I don't want to talk about things that we don't know for certain, and we don't know whether or not Rodgers is going to be back or if he's going to be traded. Here's what I do know for certain. Here's what I can say with 100% certainty, and we can operate under this assumption moving forward. If the Packers are going to trade Rodgers, they're going to do it now. If they have that bone in their body, if they believe that even 5%, 5%, they believe that it's the correct thing to trade Aaron Rodgers, they're going to do it now. The time is now. The universe is lined up. The stars have aligned. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen now. Rodgers is 39. His price is going up significantly over the next couple of years. He no longer really fits the team's timeline. They're trying to get younger at certain positions. They're trying to get cheaper at certain positions. Rodgers is getting older, less committed in the offseason, right? He's not around as much. He doesn't fit the, the same age demographic that maybe the Packers are going for at some positions. Most importantly, Rodgers didn't win MVP this year. <laughs> he won MVP last year and the year before. It's really hard to trade away a guy that just won MVP. This offseason, there are some teams in the quarterback market. The Jets are going to be looking for a quarterback. The Raiders are going to be looking for a quarterback. The Dolphins, maybe, depending on what happens with Tua. There's a demand. The Packers have as much reason now as they've ever had to move off of Rodgers, and there's teams that will take him. 
Jordan Love has been sitting for three years, and they've reached the point with Jordan Love where they either got to pee or get off the pot. Because he sat for three years. You're not going to make him sit for four. You're not going to pick up his fifth-year option and then sit him another year. That's just not how that's going to go. All signs point to if the Packers are going to do it, they're going to do it now. right? And I think even Aaron Rodgers understands this. He all but said it yesterday on the Pat McAfee show. Here he is talking with A.J. Hawk, Pat McAfee, uh, about maybe the Packers' motivations behind the scenes and their willingness to get a deal done. Well, they, they have sex up in Alaska, actually, oh, and they come down to warmer water. To- That's my bad. Here's Aaron Rodgers talking about his future with the Packers. They drafted uh, my replacement. And if I didn't win two COVID MVPs, this conversation probably would have happened earlier. But in a year where I'm not going to win MVP, uh, it allows for all the different conjecture. Um, is Jordan ready? Is it time to move on? Uh, the Packers have had this uh, interesting um, uh, view on personnel from conjecture from outside the building that it, it's better to move on a year before a guy is done than a year after. And is that the, is that the mindset uh, for them deep down? Now, as an organization, they're obviously not going to say any of that. Um, why would you? There's not a whole lot to be won. And, and often, unfortunately, in times, as uh, you know, was mentioned by Mark Murphy last year, you know, uh, in a situation where there doesn't need to be sides, there can be sides that are drawn. Like, there's not sides here. It's not me against the Packers. You know, it never was me against the Packers. It was a strong desire to be a part of some meaningful change. Uh, in an organization moving forward. And I feel like we, you know, because of some of the conversations that we had, there was some there was some good movement on that. And I'm, I'm proud of some of the things that, uh, that seemed to change. And I think they're important things that long after I'm done playing that, that are going to be important for the organization to continue to embrace. Um, and, and I think that's the, the beauty in the relationship that we've cultivated is some great conversation and some real honest and direct conversation. Um, that being said, I'm, I'm open to all honest and direct conversation. And if, if they felt like it was in the best interest of the team to move forward, so be it. You know, that doesn't, that, again, that doesn't, that wouldn't offend me. That wouldn't, uh, you know, make me feel like a victim. So there's a lot of words there. Rogers typically says more words rather than less. But the theme of that minute and 40 seconds is, you know, I, I see the writing on the wall. I see the variables. It would make sense for the Packers to maybe move on. Basically, if there was a time for them to do it, it's now. If it was going to happen, it's going to happen now. And I see a lot of Packers fans say, well, bring back Rodgers for one more year and then trade him next. You can't do it. You can't do it with the money. It's too expensive. If they bring back Rodgers next year, they're tied to him forever. As long as Rodgers is in this league, they're tied to him. This is their last chance to move on. Jordan Love appears like he might be ready. He fits their timeline. All of the variables and all of the details say that going to happen it's going to happen now but maybe the Packers don't want to do it <laughs> maybe they just want to ride Rodgers till he falls apart you know what I mean like a like a 2004 Honda element like I'm just going to drive it till it falls apart screw a trade-in I'm just going to drive this thing I'm not even gonna get the oil change for the last year I'm just going to drive this until it won't drive anymore then I'm going to take it to a scrapyard and then that's that's it right that's done you ever had an old beater car you just drive it till it dies maybe that's what the Packers want to do for Rodgers They want to give him the opportunity to play here as long as he wants, to retire a Packer, to keep everything ceremonious and nice. Maybe, despite perfect conditions and despite all of the motivation being there for the Packers to trade him, maybe they just won't trade him. Maybe they just won't. And I wouldn't be shocked. 
right? Think, think of this like a, like a fishing outing. We're going fishing, okay? Whatever type of fishing you like to do. Maybe we're going out in a boat. Maybe we're going ice fishing. Maybe we're going fly fishing. Whatever. I can't tell you how many times I've gone fishing and I've found the perfect spot. Oh, look at this. This is the honey hole. It's the new honey hole. Look at it. Look at how fishy this spot looks. And I've tied on the perfect lure. And I'm, I'm just giddy. I'm, I'm jumping up and down. I'm walking down to the river. I'm smiling like, oh, it's going to be perfect. I'm skipping, skipping to the water. I'm so excited. This is so perfect. It's the perfect time of day, right? The sun's starting to go down. The fish are going to be biting. Oh, my God, here we go. And as I cast the line in, I'm smiling, and it floats by. I'm smiling. Here it comes, and then it just never happens. Fish doesn't bite. Fish doesn't want to bite, right? Or, or ice fishermen, you, you understand this. With the technology for ice fishing is so good these days, you can basically see the fish all the time. Whether you got one of those little red, green, yellow flashers where you can see the line on the on the graph, or maybe you have an underwater camera, you can see the fish. You know if the fish is there. And it makes it really frustrating for when you can see the fish and the fish comes up to your lure and it sniffs it and it checks it out and then it just goes, nah, swims away. What are you supposed to do? It's maddening, right? You do everything right. You're in the right location, right time of day. You got the right lure. You got the perfect presentation. You're dangling that little little jig down in the hole. doesn't matter. Fish just didn't want to bite. This is why fishing can teach us great life lessons, ladies and gentlemen, because sometimes you just got to say, it wasn't meant to be, right? I've walked away from fishing excursions from fishing opportunities to go into a honey hole, taking a boat out somewhere. I've walked away thinking, what do you want me to do? <laughs> what do you, what do you want me to do? I, I basically, I, I basically put the perfect lure in front of the fish. They just want to bite. They don't want to bite today. It just wasn't going to happen. Sometimes it's just not meant to be right. And that was the case with the bucks last spring. I, I left that Celtic series won seven games. It's like, well, the bucks were banged up and had some bad shooting performances. I, I don't even think that coach bud did a, bad job. I don't think Giannis played poorly. I wasn't their year. Two years ago, it was the Bucks year. They got a little bit of a break. They were healthy. And they maybe got a little luck in the Brooklyn series, but they made plenty of their own luck too. And the and the luck that the Bucks got, they took advantage of. They went on to win a title. They capitalized on it. Right? I remember when the Bucks got eliminated by the Celtics. I'm like, man, that's tough. Sometimes it goes your way, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes she goes. It's the way she goes. <laughs> sometimes she goes, sometimes she doesn't. And it's the same at fishing. You can be in the perfect spot with the perfect... If the fish doesn't want to bite, it's not going to bite. That's how I feel about the Packers front office right now. With Aaron Rodgers, it's 5.30 p.m. The sun's starting to you know, drop down just a little bit. We got an amazing fishing hole. We got our pole rigged up. Everything is perfect. And now we wait to see if the fish will bite. And maybe they won't. And if you're a fisherman, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Sometimes you walk away from the river thinking, I thought today was going to be our day. I thought it was all lined up. I thought it was all perfect. Sometimes when that happens, the fish just doesn't bite. And that's okay. Part of me thinks that the Packers will look at Jordan Love's situation and look at the money on the books and look at Aaron Rodgers' contract and look at the age of the team and look at the demand from maybe the Jets, maybe the Raiders, maybe the Dolphins. And the Packers will say, yeah, it makes all the sense in the world to trade Aaron Rodgers. Probably should trade Aaron Rodgers. And then they just decide... Yeah, let's not. We're not winning a Super Bowl either way. Might as well just keep him. Let him retire here. Let's keep it nice. Not create any uh, dis- displeasure with our fans. No-, no disconnection with our quarterback. I could totally see that happening too. That doesn't mean the, the situation isn't perfect for a Rodgers trade. It is. This is the time to trade him. If they're going to trade him, it's going to happen now. But part of me also believes that the Packers just don't want to do that. And I understand why. It's to the detriment of the football team and the franchise moving forward. 
but I'd understand why if that's their strategy. 608-796-2558. I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Let's take a three-minute break. Come back, talk more Packers next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show ben kenny to join us in a little bit over an hour talk about a couple different things i want to get his take on the drama that's unfolding in the pga in the golf world this week with rory mcelroy and patrick reed and ben is the number one golf critic on the bill michaels show his twitter bio says so so it's official we'll also talk a little badgers maybe a little packers too ben will join us right before the bill michaels huddle takes over at six o'clock i started the show if you're just tuning in by saying Look, the situation is perfect for an Aaron Rodgers trade. If they're going to trade him, it's going to happen now. But maybe the Packers just don't want to trade him. I said, it reminds me a lot of fishing. You know, you can have the perfect spot. You can be in your honey hole. You can have the perfect lure, the perfect setup. And sometimes the fish just don't bite. And I feel like it's a very similar situation with the Packers and with Aaron Rodgers. They might just decide, you know what? We're going to hold on and we're going to drive this beater car until it falls apart. (laughs) And when it falls apart, it'll fall apart and then we'll... Start all over. We'll build it from the ground up. I don't I don't envision it going that way. The Packers seem to operate with a little more foresight. They're a little bit more conservative than that, but we'll see. Mike in Eau Claire, 608-796-2558. What's up, Mike? Hey, dear Grant. I hope you're having a rock and cool day. I am. Absolutely. I want to say, oh, God's great. You know, I want to say that I'm a huge, I know, I, I love Aaron Rodgers. I think he's probably the most, precise, best quarterback that's ever played pro football. But I'm tired of it. I'm finally tired of it. I can't believe it. When this offseason started and it was like, here we go again through all this, it's just almost arduous just to be like, oh, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? I'm almost ready. I hate to say this. I'm almost ready for him to be done. And I, I When Brett Favre left, when they drafted Brett Favre, well, excuse me, when they drafted Aaron Rodgers, I was mad because Brett Favre was there. Yeah, And when Brett Favre left and Aaron came up, I was like, oh. But I've always stayed with Mama Packer. I'm always going to be a Packer fan. Yep. So if that happens now, and we have Mr. Love or, or Jordan Love, I hope I'll wish him well. And I'll always be a Packer fan. But I'm just so tired of this long offseason, if he's going to play, if he's not going to play. I can't believe I'm saying it. But I'm really tired of it, and I hope something happens soon. And it's just too much like Brett if he goes to the – the Jets. I hope they do trade him to somebody in the AFC, and I hope the Packers benefit. And I just wanted to bring up one other thing that mm-hmm. I've been thinking of. Yeah. When I watch the Packers draft, I always think that we should draft from the big the big stores. Draft from the big stores. Draft from Georgia. Draft from, you know, the Oklahoma. Draft from the big schools. Yeah, Power 5. Don't draft from... Yeah, Power 5. You don't really, you know, it's rare when you get somebody from Elkhorn State that's going to make your team, you know. But I was thinking about Quay Walker. I'm really impressed with Quay Walker. Mm -hmm. And I think what's going on is that these coaches are telling one of their third-string ankle wrappers to go out, and when it gets them to a scrum like that, push Quay Walker because he'll push you back and you'll get kicked out of the game. That's happened twice. (laughs) You know, and he's got a hairpin trigger. He's got testosterone, not testosterone. He's got his um, 
adrenaline is just going. Well, he's just been in too, combat. Yeah. And one of the, yeah, testosterone too. And he's probably not the sharpest knife in the drawer. <laughs> and they sneak up and push him. And before I realize what he's doing, he's pushing him back. And I think that's something that they should look into in the NFL. The elite make these people make sure they stay away from the players unless it's the one hurt. Because that's twice now that's happened where we've lost a real good tackling middle linebacker because he's he's got a hairpin trigger, you know? He's going to go yeah. off. I think I think Quay Walker is, I'm not going to say an anti-Ted Thompson pick. Ted Thompson loved to overthink things. Like, well, I'm going to go Kenny Clark. I remember my buddies in high school were making fun of me for taking Kenny Clark. Like, nice, nice lineman pick, dumbass, from UCLA. And I was like, I don't know anything. I'm not a scout. But it turns out that that pick worked out pretty well. He went Demarius Randall, who he didn't even know what really position he played out of Arizona State. Quentin Rollins, who's a basketball player. Brian Gudikins, at least the last couple crazy. of years, or like, yeah, Brian Gudikins, the last couple of years, like, all right, Georgia, best defense. We're going to take the biggest, strongest, fastest. We're just going to go chalk, basically. Let's do the easy pick. And I, I think that will have certain advantages. I, I think that will have disadvantages as well. And I hope Coy Walker just isn't the guy who gets thrown out of games his whole career. But Devontae Wyatt, his second round pick or his the second of the first round picks his buddy clay walker's buddy from georgia is probably going to play a lot bigger role next year because dean lowry who we're going to talk about in a little bit one of these upcoming free agents it's off season that they're probably gonna have to let go because they don't have any money for a couple of reasons but one reason is is you it, talked about mike is aaron Rodgers. it was rare it was really rare when when uh dean lowry would make a play i think that's okay to let him go and i think i really i really think this draft I'm impressed with Gutekunst's draft this last year. We got some very valuable talent, all the way down to Zach Tom. We got some really good players out of that 22 draft. We've got three started right away and played most of the season when they weren't hurt. Mm -hmm. And I think Quay Walker could be one of the better middle linebackers in the league. I watched the uh, 49ers and that Fred Warner, that middle linebacker is amazing. That guy's all over the field. He was covering their wide receiver down the middle and broke up a play. Yep. That is a great middle linebacker. I mean, and I think Quay Walker has got the ability. He's got all the tools and he's got the ability, but he's, like I said, he's just ready to go. He's ready to pop, you know, he's like a jumping bean, you know, he just goes. Well, he's ready and to, I ready want to push to just about anybody. And the thing is, is that if you have somebody come out and just push him, he's ready to fight. <laughs> so I hope that stops. I hope they get him calmed down. But let's let's practice yeah. pushing the guys who are wearing jerseys. And I appreciate the call, Mike. And I'm glad you brought up Quay Walker because Quay Walker is the type of player that the Packers are going to have a chance to draft. They're picking 15th overall, and if they trade a pick to the Jets or get a pick in return from the Jets for Aaron Rodgers, or if they trade away anyone else, we're looking at some nice picks. And these are the types of guys that you can take. Right, blue chippers, high-level recruits from Power Five schools who have all the measurables. Right, and you brought up Fred Warner. It's funny you brought up Fred Warner because for a team like the Niners, right, great pass rush, elite defensive line. So the offense's counter to that is get the ball out quickly. And you saw what the Cowboys were doing on Saturday night, Sunday night. You're getting the ball out quickly, and it was a lot of timing routes, button hooks, uh, little out routes, little crossers in traffic. Ball coming out very quickly. And the thing is, if you have a pass rush like the Niners do that's forcing the ball out quickly, it's in your best interest to have pretty good off-ball linebackers who are there to clean it up, and the Niners do. The Niners the Niners inside or off-ball linebackers might be more valuable than their corners because corners aren't targeted 40 yards down the field. Opposing quarterbacks don't have that much time to push the ball down the field against the Niners, at least teams without 
elite offensive lines, and Philly might have an offensive line to buy the time to go deep, so we'll see. But against the Cowboys, the Cowboys made it very clear. We're not going to push the ball way down the field. We're going to attack the middle. The ball's going to come out quickly, which really negates the value of cornerbacks and safeties. But Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw and all these guys in the middle, it's like, man, they can defend you at every level, and they need to be able to defend that middle ground area because the, the pass rush is forcing the ball out so quickly. So it's interesting how the inside linebackers, the off-ball linebackers, almost become the corners on a defense like that. Does that make sense? I'm kind of talking myself in circles. I, I hope that makes sense. Zach and Wisco, our Maytag band, 608-796-2558. What's up, Zach? Good afternoon, Grant. Good so, uh, afternoon, I, Zach. I have uh, I, I've come up with something that you might enjoy. Oh. Right. Re- Aaron Rodgers will not get traded because of one man and one man alone. Um, Do you have any idea who that man is? Is this a Mark? Mur- is this going to be a Mark Murphy conversation? No, this is not going to be oh. a. It, it's a. It's another player in the NFL. Russell Wilson. It's Russell Wilson. Yeah. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson really ruined. He really ruined the market. Ruined the market. He absolutely demolished the market. And if you look at Russell Wilson last year, his statistics last year versus Aaron Rodgers this year, very similar as far as yards per game, touchdowns. Uh, Russell threw fewer interceptions than Rodgers did. Uh, But a a lot of the comparisons are are there. And you are not going to have a team that that is going to give up a large ransom to get Aaron Rodgers. They might get the Packers if trading Aaron Rodgers. We're looking at a second round pick. They'll get. You're a not going to get a first they'll round get a pick. Fir- You're not going to get, get a multiple first. first they, they will get. I will. I will guarantee it. They will get a first. They might only get a first and a fourth or a first and a third, but they they will get a first round pick for Aaron Rodgers. I'm I'm not enti- I'm not entirely sure that that's the case. That's why. That's why and, we don't and, have to agree. And it's okay. And it's okay. Yeah. And it's okay. Because I, I really think that here, here's what's going to end up happening. I, I think if you have Aaron Rodgers for another year and the team goes 8-9, and nine, what's going to happen next year? You probably won't have Aaron Rodgers, and you most likely won't have Matt LaFleur either. If they so bring back I know Rodgers, a lot of people... They, if, not to cut you off. If they bring back Rodgers this year, they will be bringing him back the year after and if he's playing the year after because the cost to move on from him through retirement or trade is becomes ridiculous. It becomes way higher than it is this year. If they sign up for one more year of Rodgers, they've signed up until death. Yes. So I, I think what you'll end up seeing is Rodgers playing out whatever he's got, but I think you're going to see or you could possibly see the end of Matt LaFleur if Rodgers sticks around. Now, granted, if the Packers have two bad years under under Jordan Love, you also will not see Matt LaFleur. So you will have Matt LaFleur potentially for, you know, for as long as Rodgers can carry him, or only about two more years total. And that's it. Zach, I... I agree with you, and I appreciate the call. Have an excellent night, and I hope we talk again soon. Our conversations are far too infrequent. What do Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekinds think about this? Think about this. Let me riddle you this. What if everybody comes back? Joe Barry, Matt LaFleur, Stenovich, Brian Gutekinds, they, they run it all back next year, Aaron Rodgers included. And, and they go 8-9. 
again. They suck. And it doesn't look like it's going to get any better. Now we're all of a sudden thinking, maybe Matt LaFleur's not the guy. One year is one year. Two years, well, now we have a trend, right? Now, if they switch to Jordan Love and they get younger and they go eight and nine next year, well, okay, well, now we're learning. We're growing. Matt LaFleur is developing a young quarterback. I think it almost resets expectations and it resets the seat of Matt LaFleur. I'm not saying he's on the hot seat, but it, but it almost goes back to zero. We're starting over with Matt LaFleur. If Matt LaFleur is worried about his job, and he shouldn't be, but if, if he's thinking about his job in the long term, it almost behooves him to get the next guy in because if the team's not going to be great next year anyways, and I don't think it will be, you might as well turn the page to the next guy, reset everyone's expectations, reset everything, try to reset the cap, reset the median age of the team, reset it all. Let's take one more call, 608-796-2558. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Hi, it's Tim Gable from Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Who from Eau Claire, Wisconsin? Tim Gable. Tim, what's going on, Tim? Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm uh, just picking up the kid right now, waiting for him to get out of daycare. Oh, I, uh, first, I have I have two things. One, I, I don't want to blame Russell Wilson for a lot. Uh, I know his contract's ridiculous, but I'm going to blame Denver Broncos because they gave him the contract, just like I blame Dallas Cowboys for giving Dak Prescott the contract Fair. and giving Ezekiel Elliott the contract. Awesome. I feel like that reset all markets, and it's terrible. It's terrible for the NFL. It's terrible for anybody that's like thinking they need more money. Um, my favorite thing, though, about your show is I agree with you that I think Matt LaFleur needs to try something else himself. I think he doesn't need to have Aaron Rodgers as his quarterback. I think he needs to see how good of a coach he is with somebody else as his quarterback. I believe Aaron Rodgers did everything he can do for the Green Bay Packers. I think he is done with Green Bay. I think Matt LaFleur, by the way, was great for Aaron Rodgers. It annoys me a little bit when people say, well, Matt LaFleur, was, he was helped out by Rodgers. He, he got to coach MVP Rodgers. But Rodgers was not an MVP the year before Matt LaFleur got there. I think Matt LaFleur came in and re-energized Aaron Rodgers a little bit, challenged him with some new ideas, and got him fired back up, along with the Jordan Love pick, right, to play that good football. Not, I'm not saying LaFleur carried I, him to MVPs, but he, he played a role in kind of resurrecting Rodgers a little bit for a couple of years. I will not disagree with that whatsoever. Like, I just like to see Aaron Rodgers actually put back the effort that Matt LaFleur is going to put into him then. Because I feel like Aaron Rodgers is kind of like being laid back and saying that I need this player, I need this player, I need that player. Like, I believe you just need a team that is behind you, and you need to be behind your team. And I think that will win him a Super Bowl instead of worrying about being an MVP. Like, I think he can win a Super Bowl faster than he can be an MVP. I think so, too. We've seen other older quarterbacks do it. Tim, I appreciate the call. Hold it down in Eau Claire for us. Thanks for listening. All right. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Tim in Eau Claire, 608-796-2558. Got a couple of texts on this. We'll get to that coming up. Slow News Wednesday, piece from Rob Reichel. Forbes this week, outstanding offseason preview. So we'll get to that at some point. And Ben Kenny's going to join us for the end of the show. How much fun are we going to have in the next hour and a half? Five-minute break. Wisco Sports Show back after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant. You can text and call the show 608 796 2558. A couple of texts here. Rock and Rick. Says maybe someone will want Aaron and his gang clear the books. Yeah, like when the Boston Celtics traded away their big three to the Nets. The 
problem here is that in the case of the Celtics, at least, the other guys were good. Like Garnett, Paul Pierce, and Ray Allen were all good. In this instance, it's just Aaron Rodgers. Maybe it's you got to take Randall Cobb. Do you think Aaron Rodgers could survive in New York City without Randall Cobb? Although his possible, in a weird, twisted way, his father-in-law, I guess, kind of lives in Brooklyn. Where do the Lazarus live? Or the Eden, the Dinah, which one, which family is he in? The one that ran for Senate? That guy, that guy, he's already married. It's not his sister. He's not good enough looking to be a part of that family. I think it's um, Mallory Edens, correct? I think the Edens live in, live in New York. So I guess he doesn't need Randall Cobb, his emotional support teammate. <laughs> Jake from Colfax. Love Colfax. Says, agree with the caller from Eau Claire there. Sick and tired of Rodgers. Well, okay, I'll, I'll address that in a sec. I wanted him gone before the season. I don't think he's a team guy first. His skills aren't what they used to be. Not winning anything important with him again. So let's ship him for picks. Let's see what we have in love uh, before we have to make an important contract decision with him. When you guys say you're sick of Rodgers, I I get where you're coming from. I get what you're saying because everybody says, oh, I'm just so sick of Rodgers. What are we sick of? What do you say? I'm sick of losing in the regular season and I'm sick of shortcomings on the football field especially in the playoffs, especially at home in the playoffs. I'm sick of that, but it seems like everyone else, we, we have a little bit of a personal axe to grind. Like, oh, I'm sick of his sick of his antics, sick of his, what? Going on to the Pat McAfee show once a week and just and just being a boob with his friends? Like, I, I, he's not harming anybody, right? He, he's not, like, he's really not doing anything that bad. Is he going to take a little time? Sure, but as I said last week, and I'll continue to say throughout the offseason, I don't think Rodgers' decision changes the Packers' plans this offseason at all. If Rodgers announces that he's retiring, it's not like the Packers are scrambling to retain some of these free agents that we're going to let walk anyways. And we'll talk about some of those free agents. Rob Reichel did a good write-up. We're going to do that for Slow News Wednesday before the end of the show. I don't think the Packers' off-season plan and their order of operations, their priorities, I don't think it's affected by Rodgers' decision at all. They need to get a tight end. They need to get wide receivers. They need to get edge rushers. That will all be true whether Rodgers comes back or not. And the season's not even over yet. I think a lot of Packers fans have leftover frustration from Favre, and they're placing it a little bit on Rodgers. Rodgers is a little kooky. He's a little funny, but he's ours, right? When he goes on McAfee, if you don't like it, don't watch, or just laugh at it. It's funny. It's entertainment. It's radio. So I get what you're saying, Jake, but I, I just want to push back on the, oh, I'm so sick of Rodgers and his crap. Well, what If you like everyone's saying that, what, what crap exactly? You guys know I'm not the biggest Aaron Rodgers fan in the world, but let's not, let's not fall into groupthink. It's not all that mob mentality on Aaron Rodgers. Let's, let's calm down a little bit. Think about what we're saying. Cone Roller is here. 608-796-2558. What's up, Cone? Hey, Grant. Happy Wednesday. Hump day. Happy hump day. Back whale day if we're Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Hold on. Do I have that, I have that sound bite somewhere about whales having sex? Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, here it is. Well, they, they have sex up in Alaska, actually, and they come down to warmer water to uh, to have the babies. Of course. Um, at least that's my understanding. Have you ever been whale watching, Cone? Yeah, I have actually. And I was actually up in Alaska um, back in the summer of 2016. Some are saying it's the best summer ever. Yeah, um, yeah it is. But yeah, saw some humpbacks breach and saw some orcas swim up next to the boat. It was pretty fun. What did you do in Alaska? Just visit? Hike around it was stuff? a family. It was a family vacation. Um, uh, we did a cruise, kind of um, 
through southeast Alaska. Ah. So I was, went into Glacier Bay National Park, a couple of the tourist towns, fishing towns around the area. It was fun. Good trip. Oh, Northman, Cone Roller here, world traveler. I didn't know that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. And I kind of wanted to touch on a point um, with how Russell Wilson kind of broke the quarterback market. I think that's really true, honestly. It's it's similar to the television industry. Oh. You know, these quarterbacks and televisions used to be so, so expensive. Things progress. They get cheaper. Here's and I think that's kind of where we're at now because obviously a quarterback is still important. You still spend high draft capital to get them. But the key to win in today's NFL is having that rookie quarterback or the quarterback on a rookie deal and then building a talented roster around it. Because, I mean, three out of four quarterbacks still left today are still on their rookie deal. Yeah. So I, I think the trend is kind of shifting where you're not going to overspend for some of these these aging quarterbacks. You'd rather save those draft picks and almost attack the draft with those young quarterbacks. Well, and when you start start with a quarterback on a rookie deal, I think it's easier to plan for when that quarterback needs to get paid, right? Like the Bengals right now can plan, okay, we want to pay Burrow. This is how we can do it. And then we'll allocate money for Chase. And like, we'll see you with T Higgins. They can plan for it. When you bring in a high price free agent quarterback, like a, like a Russell Wilson, who I guess wasn't a free agent, but bring him in pay him or a Matt Ryan, or if you acquire, you know, if you acquire Matt Stafford, all of the sudden, all of your money is tied up and you haven't really had time to plan. You haven't had time. So I'm not saying that guys play themselves out of contention when they get out of that rookie deal, but it's a lot easier to continue to try to contend as Mahomes is going to do as Burrow's going to do when you start with that quarterback. I think that's such a big advantage too. Yeah. Agreed. And maybe Jordan Love is, destined for that shine. Yeah, and I look, not to blame it all on Russell Wilson, if Matt Stafford didn't win the Super Bowl with the Rams last year, and I know he did, and banners fly forever, but I think the rest of his tenure in L.A. is going to be a disaster. It was a disaster this year. If history tells us anything about Matthew Stafford, this is not going to be the only time he gets hurt. That's going to be a disaster. Russell Wilson in Denver has been a disaster. Matt Ryan in Indy has been a disaster. Veteran quarterback acquisitions typically don't work, and let's just hope that for the Packers' sake, for our sake, that if they're going to trade Aaron Rodgers, some team will talk themselves into, well, if we just get Rodgers, we can contend for a Super Bowl. And I, that's typically not how it works. I, I don't know. Do you think Rodgers on the Jets, do you think they'd be able to do anything in the AFC? I kind of doubt it. Um, I mean, division-wise, they're in a tough division. I think they could leap over Miami, potentially. Yeah. But, I, I mean, the Bills are going to be running that division, I think, for the next five years at least. Probably. Badger's going to win tonight? No Max Klesman was announced they 20 be- minutes ago. Oh, geez. They better. It's um, it's not a must-win because, you know, what did Roger say on Maxi? The only must-win is in war. Did or he World say War that? II. That I was the only must-win. <laughs> yeah, he said the only must-win was World War II. So I'm not going to say this game is a must-win, but it's a, it's a very critical win. Um, let's see how they do with uh, the short travel. You know, they didn't even go home to Madison between games. Thanks, I don't know how these kids are still attending classes, but, you know, they, they skip class. They skip their studies just to, so they can play the stupid game two days after losing. Just, just so Northwestern could get the time they needed to get their ducks in a row. Right. It doesn't seem fair. No, it doesn't. Life isn't always fair. And I, that's why we, you know, I'm just so impressed with these student athletes keeping everything in line and and keeping their priorities straight as much as they can. Well, Cone, 
Uh, you might be making the rounds on Twitter tonight. Any any Badger, you and your fellow boosters or your fellow Badger fans on Twitter going to be doing any spaces or anything tonight? Yeah, I've been trying to lock down Chris to join us in one of those. Obviously, he's, he's very busy this time of year. Yeah. I'm really curious to hear his thoughts on Greg Gard um, because the Luke Fickle thing kind of scares me with Gard. And I'm a huge guard fan, have been the day he got hired. Me as well. I've stuck with him through all this fire guard BS that people have been saying. But I don't know. You never know. I don't know either. McIntosh might shoot from the hip. We never know. We saw it once with football already. All right, Cone, enjoy the game tonight. i got to take a break, but I appreciate your call. Yep. Go Badgers. Go Badgers. Cone Roller a fine member of our Badger listening community. Yeah, must win tonight, I'll say it. Cone doesn't need to say it, I'll say it. Must win for the Badgers tonight. I love declaring must wins. Max Klesmet is out. Pre-game starts at 5 p.m. Tip-off is at 6 p.m. I'm reading the TV announcement. <laughs> that doesn't apply to you guys. Let's take a break. Come back in three minutes. Maybe talk a little bit about the Badgers, and I have a lot more to say about the Packers before we get to Ben Kenny later on in the show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, Ben Kenny, towards the end of the show, is going to join us before the Bill Michaels huddle gets rolling. Excited for that. Rob Reichel dropped some knowledge at Forbes.com this week. We're going to look at some of the Packers' off-season priorities, maybe which upcoming free agents are bigger priorities than others. Slow News Wednesday coming up in just a little bit. LaCroix Butler is here, 608-796-2558. What's up, LaCroix? Hey, Grant. How are we doing on this fine hump day? Uh, this fine hump day is going fine. I'm looking forward to a double feature tonight of Bucks and Badgers basketball. It's unfortunate that Jokic is dodging Giannis tonight by sitting out. Is Jokic not playing? I didn't see that. I saw he's doubtful with knee soreness or something, like hamstring or something, quote-unquote, lingering, which is unfortunate. This generation, I swear. That sucks. I didn't see that. All right. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah, well, it's just the NBA these days. These kids are getting so soft, can't play a back-to-back. I mean, back in my era with Michael Jordan, those guys would play 82 games a season all year, uh, multiple seasons. So I'm just kind of sick of this new soft generation, if I'm being honest. Yeah, the NBA's got a problem. I, I was listening to Bill Simmons' pod earlier today, and he might not renew his season tickets next year, which for a millionaire like him, that must be really difficult. It was, it was very Ivory Tower-ish of him to say, I, I've had Clippers season tickets for 20 years. I, I might end that this year. I might be done. It's like, okay, Bill, I feel so bad for you. Well, and speaking of Ivory Towers, like, can we talk about Northwestern basketball in their Ivory Coastal Elite Tower on Lake Michigan? I mean... The fact that they think that they can just reschedule games at their will because of COVID within the program, uh, again, just speaks to this generation's uh, softness. That should be a forfeit uh, 10 times out of 10, and that's frustrating that Wisconsin went down there and lost and now have to play uh, tonight. And what you said before with Cohn, and I agree, is a must-win game. Yeah, they got to win tonight. Chucky needs to see the ball go through the net. Like These guys, they feel a little lost. They seemed a little lost the other night. Tyler Wall, Asijin, Chucky need a confidence-building win tonight. They need to see the ball go through the hoop. They need it to feel good. Otherwise, this team is is not trending in the correct direction, LaCroix. I, ha- I have a very, very bad feeling about tonight, if I'm being, being honest. Um, I think that Maryland's going to be high energy, really tough place to play on the road. Uh, they've been playing a lot better as of late after starting slow. 
And I just think that this has to be a guard masterclass with what you just mentioned. But the way this team is trending, I, I think the Badgers are going to get blown out tonight, if I'm being completely honest. I guess, is this a Greg Gard game? Is that how we need to view this game? Let's see what Greg Gard can do. Let's see how he can motivate these guys. And is this a, a testament to Greg Gard and how good of a coach he is? Yeah, this might be a Greg Gard legacy game, at least this season. I mean, I know he's proven himself time and time again, and I'm not on the fire guard bandwagon yet. I'll put that in there. But, I mean, I think tonight's a really big testament to what can he do with a team that's sliding a little bit, a uh, tough place to play on the road. What, what can he do to really get this team up and ready for this game? Because, like, like you always say, it's hard to win in the Big Ten. These games don't come easy, especially on the road. I, I'm not confident going into tonight, and I hope I'm wrong. That's life in the Big Ten. We'll see what Greg Gard got up his sleeve. They all shot like dump the other nights. So maybe that'll... Maybe that'll come around tonight, I hope. I appreciate the call, LaCroix. i got to take a break here in about a minute, but I appreciate you. Thanks for the call. All right, thanks, Grant. Have a good night. LaCroix Butler, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, his New Year's resolution was to call more often. And I'd say he's holding up on that pretty well since the 1st of January, about a month in. I'd say we're doing pretty well. Before 6 o'clock, we have one hour of the show left, but we have a lot to get done, so no wasting time. When we come back, I want to highlight some stakes of tonight's Badger game, what is on the line, what we should be watching for, what we should be focused on. If you have a thought, you can chime in. Maybe we'll do the same for the Bucks. And then I want to do Slow News Wednesday, off-season priorities for the Packers. All of their both restricted and unrestricted free agents, who they should attempt to resign, who they have money to resign. Rob Reichel wrote a banger of a piece this week at Forbes, and I want to highlight some of my favorite parts. So we'll do that. And Ben Kenny's going to join us. Golf drama? Eagles, NFC Championship game, Badgers, and maybe some Aaron Rodgers conversation as well. As Ben Kenny has made it very clear, he does not wish Aaron Rodgers to return to the Packers next year. Let's grill him on that. Hour number two, Wisco Sports Show next. show my name is grant bills go read rob reichel's piece at forbes outlines the offseason pretty well we should get rob on tomorrow night friday night he'll want to talk some badgers as well the badgers play maryland tonight short turnaround after the rescheduled northwestern game i just think of how many classes these student athletes have missed as a result of this rescheduling a lot going on with the badgers with the packers with the Eagles as well, Ben Kenny is here, and there's a lot going on in the golf world. Ben, is your head just spinning a million miles an hour these days? I feel like you're watching and paying attention to everything. It always does, Brent. You know I don't do much else. Yeah, um, I suppose. You I'm go out on the weekends, you might see Ebo, but that's about it. Yeah, I do things when I can do things, but on a Wednesday morning when one golfer is issuing subpoenas on Christmas Eve at 4.30, Wishing Happy New Year on January 25th and throwing teas. I mean, what else would I do? Yeah. What is it? What is your stance? What is your take? Do you have a statement? As the number one golf critic on the Bill Michaels show, Rory McIlroy versus Patrick Reed, where do we stand? Uh, I don't know if you've done the spark notes of it, but... I have. Um, I, I think there are a couple ridiculous things from it today. Uh, Patrick Reed said... If you want to stop being treated like a little child and stop acting like one in relation to not being acknowledged on the driving range, I just like Patrick Reed's ridiculous. And I can only say so much in three of being in the lawsuit as well. 
But the most ridiculous thing that came out of today is he's trying to wish Happy New Year to a player's caddy, and it's January 25th. Yeah. So if anybody's acting like a little child, it's Reed. Happy New Year. I feel like we get a week, maybe a week and a half buffer. If I haven't seen sure. someone, there's a little bit of a waiting period, but that's just, yeah. And I did read the spark notes about the subpoena. It's all very interesting, and it's getting me excited for golf season to start <laughs> and watch some majors and all Grant, that stuff. Grant? Yes? I don't know how many people out there will get this, and I'm just going to say it as a fact, and you can base whatever opinions off of your preconceived notion as this person. Yeah. But his lawyer is Larry Clayman. And if you don't know who that is, look him up. Larry Clayman. Okay. I can look into this. I got some time tonight. I'm going to be watching the Badgers and not the Bucks because nobody's playing in the Bucks game. It's Pride Night. There's an interesting angle there that maybe the, the Nuggets are taking a stand. We don't have to touch that. Talk Badgers with you. They're playing They're playing in Maryland. What's on the line tonight? Because I can spin this a couple different ways. It seems like this is a, a pretty high-stakes game for the middle of January. Mm. You know what? I should come on and say a lot is at stake. I, I don't oh. know how much is. And, and here's why I say this. First, Wisconsin, they're not a lock for the tournament, clearly. And they need to do a lot of winning down the stretch. They have 12 Big Ten games left, I believe. They're five-point dogs on the road in Maryland. This is a team in the Badgers that's great at home. I'm not going to throw out the must-win notion until they come back to the Cole Center. Not only are they not at home there, they're not healthy. So if they lose this game, I don't think it's the end of the world. They're five-point dogs. So not to say it's expected, but in a way it kind of is. It's an uphill battle to win. I saw your tweet about Jordan Davis. I agree with that angle, the fact that the minutes are there and the volume is there for shooting. So if he could build off it, that's great news going forward when you are healthy. But this team just I don't think is deep enough to withstand the injuries they've sustained with, with Wall and Klesman. So we saw it against Northwestern, having to go deeper into the bench. And the deeper you go, when your starters aren't really contributing offensively, you're just not going to win games like that with this team. So I don't know. I don't expect to win. So I can't really say it's a must win for the team because they're they're not supposed to win tonight. All right. All right. I can get on board with this take. Let me ask you about Monday night. Was that Monday? Yeah, Monday night, Northwestern. It was a very disappointing game for lots of players. Basically, everyone other than Jordan Davis was – pretty underwhelming which player were you okay. most disappointed by like what, what you walked away from that game thinking you know all right this guy was bad this guy was bad but this guy can't have a game like that who's standard or who has the highest standard i guess from you on this badgers team that's a good question yeah you could go a lot of ways with it i mean tyler wall hasn't played much so i don't know how sharp you expect him to be but you can't win when you go two of five from the line steven Crow. Honestly, I think it's my answer okay. because of what he's shown this year. Uh, the stature he's elevated himself to, and he's been a second-half player. I think he had a couple points at halftime, but then he's 0 for 3 from 3, and while he's not a shooter, some of those looks were wide open, and they were in big spots, where if one of those looks falls, the game's completely different. And he was also 2 of 4 from the line. So the expectations are higher for, for Chucky and Wall and Crowell more than anybody. Uh, but you could even look at Asijin, who had open looks. He went 2 of 8 from 3, 3 of 11 from the field. It's hard to pinpoint one, to be honest. Crowell would be my answer just because of uh, what I think he means to this team and what he needs to do. But it's everybody on the team not named Jordan Davis, if we're being realistic. What a, wor- what a world. What a, 
What a set of circumstances that we found. And it's funny because Jordan Davis popped right away. I was watching the game and I like I was visiting you guys in Madison on Monday morning and I'm like, Jordan Davis is gonna pop off tonight. And then the game starts and he's he makes like three plays right away and I'm like, let's go. I was so into it and then just no one else got cooking, which was quite unfortunate. We're talking with Ben Kenny, Twitter at Benzy Kenny. What have the Rogers discussions been like between you and Bill in the afternoon? What points have you focused on? What are the people talking about? Where's the buzz, the chatter? Um, well, I mean, uh, obviously when your quarterback goes on the Pat McAfee show on Tuesdays and gives everyone, graces everyone with 40 minutes of audio, that's really fun as yeah. a radio producer. Yes. I love listening to that live and finding all the curse words and, <laughs> and sticking through the 35 to 40 minutes and finding the one minute that's relevant. That That's my favorite part of all of this, to be honest, Grant. Yeah. But I, I think the discussions have been interesting because I think there is a shift, maybe not in what people want, but in what people think might happen just because of some of the language that's being used. So, I, I mean, I've, I've said it. I myself look at the future, and I, I think it's a better route overall to figure out what you have and love, and yeah. frankly, the floor for that matter, if you could get anything for Rodgers. But overall, I, I think it's been productive. It's not a shouting match. People are, are very curious because after it's not as if Rodgers had had a great season this past year. He's shown signs of regression. So it's a question of do you think it was all of the factors that led to regression, like the thumb and the players around him and such? Or do you think that, you know, he's old and he's a little slower and that regression will continue? Um there's a lot to grapple with. And then is the team good enough around him to actually win next season? No. Which I think is the most important question of all. This is such a lame question, but I, I got to ask, because Ben, I, I said I might get into golf this year. I'm also going to become a draft guy this year, way more than I normally do. Yeah. I, I'm going to be like, like uh, literate, let's say, in like the top 20, 25 picks. Like I'm going to be, I'm going to be all over this. Okay. I, I like Jordan Addison. I like, um, the guy from TCU whose name I can never remember, Quentin Johnston. I like Michael Mayer. I like a lot of these guys. I don't love Quentin Johnston. Oh, let's let's chat. Why? I like him because he's a wide receiver. That's that's about as far as deep as my analysis goes. He's athletic. He's good. I think he's a straight line wide receiver. Where uh, we saw him against Michigan get free and make big plays. Like he, he's a good player, but I don't view him in the same light as other high first-round picks like a Chris Olave last season because mm-hmm. when you saw him up against Georgia, and the whole TCU team was clearly on a different level, but he was going up against a corner in Keeley Ringo, who is probably going to be a first-round pick, who is also fast and big but isn't very fluid, and Johnson couldn't do much against him, where Ringo's only strength was running fast, running with him, yeah. and Johnson couldn't do much to produce in that environment. I just like I like it. He's good, but I don't see he's not some dynamic can do it all guy. At least I don't think so at this point. Is Michael Mayer him? Are the rumors true? Is what I read true about the Notre Dame tight end? I would say so. Yes. Okay. Uh, there are a lot of dudes in this class. I am in love with Darnell Washington, the Georgia second tight end, if you will. Yeah. He's six seven two seventy. When you see him on the field, he's bigger than a lot of the left tackles. But he blocks a lot. Like, Grant, imagine if Mercedes Lewis was good. also was a really good receiver <laughs> yeah. and could run routes and not get tackled because he's bigger than everybody. That's Darnell Washington. Right. I'm in on that. Hey, to wrap up, uh, where are we as an Eagles fan? What about your birds? Are they going to win this weekend? I feel good, honestly. I felt bad going into the Giants game. And that, that was just my nature as a fan because it, it had been a while. 
since we had seen that good team show up for the Eagles, and they obviously showed up and destroyed them. Going to the, the more I think about the game, Grant, frankly, the better I feel. I I don't want to say it because that makes me feel worse. Yeah. You know, it, it's a weird conundrum. You're chasing your own tail here as a fan, and I don't want you to give yourself a headache. Let's uh, let's take it easy. I just today, and I, I was going to try to talk about this on the show tonight, but I don't really know my angle. I'm just floored and blown away by the AFC and how fun it is right now and how fun it's going to continue to be for the next five to 10 years. And then I look over at the NFC and I'm like, commanders, uh, Seahawks, uh, Rams. uh, The NFC is very underwhelming. I look at the AFC. That is an unbelievable conference. And if the Colts straight up get a quarterback, maybe the Texans get a quarterback, that conference is where it's at. The Eagles and Jalen Hurts, they could dominate the NFC the next couple of years. Who's going to touch them? Well, yeah, they're going to lose a lot of the guys they have on the team right now. True. A, a lot of one-year guys, a lot of guys that are just the price tag will get too high because they're going to have to pay Jalen. I think the AFC is the conference of the quarterback at yeah. the moment and good teams around them, but maybe not amazing. The NFC is kind of the conference of the roster. Yeah, where, You know, Niners don't have the quarterback, I would say, but their roster is just stupid at every level. Eagles, they have the quarterback clearly. But if you look up and down the roster and what they did this season, it is unreal how that team was built in a year and a half. And you can say probably about the Cowboys, too. Yeah, so 60 they seconds. they all together. Yeah, I was going to say 60 seconds. Are you floored by what you've seen from Brock Purdy? You watched a lot of Iowa State. Is this blowing you away? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> he was terrible. I, you know, it, it wasn't even that. Listen, he made plays, Grant. He threw so many picks in college. I, I don't even get me started on Brock Purdy. So I'm floored. I don't get it. But part of it is he is throwing so many turnover-worthy passes these days that he's going to – the floodgates will open soon. I truly believe it. And that's why I feel good about the Eagles. Like he puts the ball in bad positions. Yeah. The defense just doesn't catch it. Well, maybe that comes to an end this weekend. I like all the Eagles except for Nick Sirianni, but that can be a different conversation for a different time. He's just a coach. I can, <laughs> I can look past that. It's fine. Hey, have a great time. On the Bill Michaels huddle tonight, I think I'm joining at some point. I appreciate you coming on and just just hit a whole buffet of topics here. I appreciate your thoughts on all this, Ben. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Grant. I always have fun on this program. Oh, well, I appreciate that. Kenny and Halpern will be live at Monk's tomorrow night. You can hear Ben from 10 to 2 on the Bill Michaels show. And if you listen to Madison, he hops on the zone every morning uh, and chops it up with the with the morning show there, whether it's Ebo or Rowdy or Rebo and Audi. RJ, I was there the other morning. It was a good time. Tomorrow, NBA Lounge. Probably just going to complain about no one playing tonight. And obviously, we'll react to Badgers basketball. Big game in Maryland tonight. Enjoy the Bill Michaels Huddle. I'll talk to you tomorrow at 4.